Hey guys, Kyle back with Kyle Burrell's Unedited Podcast, episode number 125. What a weekend it was in the UFC, what a fight card. <coughs> Gonna dive into that first. Had an all-star weekend, was okay, the all-star game shit, usually the dunk contest, uh, whatever. Um, Three-point shootout's probably the best, in my opinion. Um, the Steph for Sabrina shootout was awesome. Uh, that was really cool to see, so... We'll kick it off with UFC 298. Um, then we're going to get into some my po- postseason rankings po- or my position rankings post-All-Star break. Top 11 each position right now in the NBA for me. Then we're going to get into my post-All-Star break NBA conference standing predictions. So where I think everything will fall, where I think everyone will be um, at the end of this season. Probably get one or two more of these though. You're going to have two mock drafts today. You're actually going to get my 1.0 NBA mock draft. Uh, this was as of this. This might not be the exact standings as they are now. This was as of like a week and a half ago. These standings, but you know, just you get a feeling for a mock. Then we'll get into my fifteen point college basketball power rankings. Um, feverish me, college basketball get big games of the week predictions. I need a really big week. I think we have six swing games, and I need I need to hit at least four of them. I'd say, and then obviously we'll finish out with a two round mock draft in the NFL. Uh, with trades, I think it, I think it had five trades go down. Um, so yeah, that's what we're going to get into today. We'll start off here with the UFC 298. Um, hello, card. Uh, kick it off with the main event here. Taporia KOs Volkanovski in round two to become the fifth undisputed featherweight champion in UFC history. Changing of the guard... Um, first round, I thought Volk did really well. I think all three judges gave him the first round, which I did as well. I thought he won the first round. Um, he kept his distance. Movement was good. Um, you know, and he even called it, uh, back. He needed to keep his back against the cage to where he can blitz. And he was circling to that right hand on going against the cage too. So that was, you know, that was the downfall. Just hit a, He, and it, I think what people don't see, he hits him with a, he hits him with a left hook. That's kind of like. Back, not back of the head, side of the head, above, like a little bit above the ear. And I think it kind of stumbled Volk a little. You could see it stumbled him. And then he comes in with the right hand and just, it was over. Lights out, Volk was done. Um, you know, the close odds. See, I didn't think the odds were uh, fair to Volk. I thought Volk should have been a bigger favorite. But uh, obviously they, you know, the odds were correct. Um yeah, Taporia looked great. I mean, it was a so-so first round. It was real, it was a real chess, chess battle, um, back and forth tactics, um, and he was just able to again push the, push Volk back to the cage, get him circling to the power hand. He's able to land the left hook over the top. Volk, you know, Volk kind of. I think I seriously think he got a little clip there and got he backed up. He dipped the head, dipped the head to his left, and Taporia was able to throw the right hand connect, and it was all she wrote right there. Um, a superstar in the making for Ilya Taporia. And we'll get into what's next after, but what a win for Taporia. And uh, uh, sucks to see Volk go down, man. You know, I said I think he fought too quick. I think when you get knocked out, man, you got to take some serious time off. Um, and I think he should take some serious time off now, especially. Uh, you know, I think six, at least six months off before his next fight. Um, whether that's Taporia or whoever, I think it should be some time off. Uh, Whitaker gets unanimous decision win over Costa and exciting scrap. Yeah, man, what a fight that was. Uh, that was probably 
you know, definitely top two favorite fights of the card. Uh, and I'll say this, Paul Acosta, I thought he looked really good. I mean, Robert Whitaker had a bad outing in his last one, but he lost to the now champion, Duplessis, so not a bad loss. I thought Costa looked really good. I thought he uh, showcased more poise and a lot more development, you know, that we've seen in the past. And looks like he started to take it more serious, which is great because he can hang with these guys. He's as talented and as gifted as all of them. Um, and I can't wait for his next fight. I want him to just get back rolling. Keep fighting. Uh, I don't want to see him stop. I'd love to see him on the Rio card, uh, 301 in May, uh, back in Brazil. I'd love to see that. That's why I think, uh, you know, I think he just needs to keep going now. Uh, I think he can compete with these guys. And uh, Whitaker, what a bounce back win. That, that man, that spinning, that spinning wheel kick by Acosta, man. Oof, if there's more time in that round, it's over. There was only about eight or seven seconds, I think, when he landed. If he lands that with 30, 35 seconds, I think that fight's done. Um, wait, what a recovery by Whitaker to come back in round two and three. Um, yeah, good win for Whitaker, and I think it sets him up for a big fight next. Uh, both guys will have big fights, but Whitaker especially moving towards the title right now. Ian Gary gets unanimous decision win over, or split decision win over Jeff Neal. That was ridiculous. And I saw some people on Twitter actually say they thought Jeff Neal won. What were they watching? I thought Gary did more. I know people are going to say about the moving backwards and running, but uh, I thought Jeff maybe landed the, he probably landed the bigger shots, but I think, you know, and again, I don't know. They were big shots, but were they big enough to hurt Gary, no. And I think if you land, if somebody's having more volume, which I think they were close anyway, I just thought, you know, let's look at it real quick while we're here. I just thought that uh, Ian Gary versus Jeff Neal stats. I just thought that the shots weren't um, big enough to where they were like hurting um, do they have these stats? See, they all had it. Most people had it 29-28 Gary. That's what I, I think I had it 29-28 Gary as well, live. I can't find the stats right now, but I, Neil landed bigger shots, I think, but that's also just because he hits harder and they look, they look like they're more impactful, but they weren't like enough to rock Ian Gary. You know, I don't, I don't think he was ever hurt in that fight. And I thought he just won the fight. I had it 29-28. He could have gone. They, two judges had it 30-27. I was okay with that. I can't believe a judge gave it to gave the round two rounds to Jeff Neal. That was surprising. But good win for Ian Gary, and he keeps going up the ladder. Um, Marab handles Cejudo. First round was a little dicey. He got rocked. But after he got rocked, really, it was all Marab from there on out. Um yeah, I would have probably gave it 29. I think I had it 29-28 Marab. I thought Cejudo won round one, but I thought Marab clearly won the last two rounds and on his way to a decision win. Uh, Marab, yeah, he's probably next in line for the belt. We'll see what Cejudo does. I truly don't think he's going to retire. Uh, Lemos and Dern slug it out. What a win that was. Lemos gets the win via decision. Um, Dern, actually, I, I was a real big advocate that she was, after her last fight, that she was taking this fight too quick. I actually thought she looked pretty good. She looked really good. I think she looked way better in her last fight. Um, good slugfest, and uh, we'll see what's next for both of them. Let's get into what's next actually right now. Mackenzie Dern. I would go Lupe Godina. She's ranked, I think, 10 or 11. Um, I think that's just a good fight, a good step up for Lupe, and I think a chance for Dern to just get back on the winning path. For Amanda Lemo, she was supposed to fight Tatiana Suarez. I'd love to see that rebooked. I don't know if Tatiana's out long term. But I'd love to see that one rebooked for Lemos and Suarez. Kind of 
not I, mean, I don't know if a number one contender bout because Lemos has fought for the title recently, but a chance for her to get a huge win and really get back into the title contention if she would beat Suarez. And if Suarez were to beat Lemos, she would be next in line for the belt. Anthony Hernandez, big win over Kopilov. Uh, I'd like to see I'd like to see Nasiruddin Imavov, who's coming off a win over Roman Delice. I think that's a good matchup there. For Henry Sudo, I truly don't think it's retirement. Um, he did not look, in my opinion, he has not looked great. And let me get a quick drink. I think he did. I think he did hurt himself by retiring when he retired. He was on top of the world in his prime, took two and a half, three years off, came back. Now he hasn't fought the easiest competition, but those are the guys you're going to have. Aljamain, I mean, Aljamain moved up, but a guy like Marab is going to be a guy you have to beat for the title. And I thought Cejudo was a poor matchup for Marab, but Marab really had his way with Cejudo. I still don't think he's going to retire. I think the winner, I think it's UFC 300, I believe this fight is, a Figueredo Garbrandt winner. I think that would be a great fight for Cejudo next. For Marab, it's got to be O'Malley Vera winner. The only thing I could see is if O'Malley wins in Spain, <coughs> the UFC doing Taporia O'Malley for the 145 title in a super fight. That's the only thing I could see stopping Marab from getting the next title shot. Could do an... If, if they do do that, you could see an interim title fight between Marab and Sandhagen. But I do think Marab should get... His next fight should be for gold. That's for damn sure. Jeff Neal. Again, didn't think he looked bad. Um, I think the MVP, Michael Venom Page, Kevin Holland winner. I think those are great matchups. I mean, just stylistically fun fights. I think that would be a tremendous matchup for him. And either one of those guys standing. You know, it's going to be a striking battle. Ian Gary, he called out Colby Covington. I'd love to see it. Uh, Colby needs to fight whoever the UFC puts in front of him at this point. He can't really handpick his fights anymore. Uh, and I think Ian, if the UFC does that, I think Colby's going to have to accept. And uh, I think it's a big chance for Ian Gary to get a huge name on his resume. And a, and a chance for Colby Covington to bounce back and steal all the shine from Ian Gary. Paulo Costa. I want Jack Hermanson, who's coming off a nice win over Joe Pfeiffer. I think that'd be a tremendous matchup. Like I said, 301. Uh, in May in, in Brazil, I think that'd be good. And for Whitaker, I think Sean Strickland. That could be a co-main event to a pay-per-view. It could be a five-round fight night main event uh, on a on a big card, not an apex, please. Like when when they actually go out of the apex to a different city where they actually have a lot of fans and a good card. I think that'd be good. And like I said, for Taporia and Volk, I think Volk probably will get his rematch. Will it be next? I don't know. It depends how long he wants to take off. I hope it's a while. Like I said, for Taporia. Call out Connor. That's not happening. You have seen Connor in a battle right now, so that's definitely not happening. Um, but like I said, maybe Sean O'Malley. If uh, Sean O'Malley gets a, a win over Vera, you could see a super fight between O'Malley and Taporia. Uh, real quick, let's look at some. They've they've kind of filled out the UFC 300. Let's look at the upcoming pay per views. Uh, UFC 298. Um, so we got coming up is 299. Got some good fight nights in between. Uh, this coming weekend, actually, a really good card. This is from Mexico City. Uh, main event, Moreno, Roy Val 2. And then co-main event, Yair Ortega 2. Great card there in Mexico. Uh, then we got, <laughs> yeah, this is at the Apex, of course. Uh, Rosenstruck, Gaziev at heavyweight. That's a terrible card. Uh, this is March 9th. Yeah, March 9th is the big 299 in Miami. O'Mal the main card is O'Malley Vera 2. Poirier, Benoit St. Denis. Kevin Holland, Michael Venom Page. Gilbert Burns, Jag De La Maddalena. Peter Yan versus Song Yadong, and then this undercard. My God, the prelims is a the prelims is a great fight night, and I think two of these fights, if not three, could be on a main card of pay per view. Especially Blades Almeida, uh, Chukagian versus Barber, 
Gamrot, RDA, Munoz, Kyle Phillips, and you also have Michelle Pereira moving up to middleweight to face Mikhail Olaszczyk. That's a, that card is that card's disgusting. Uh, then a fight night between Tuivasa and Tybura. That's at the apex, of course. Why is it not? Uh, this one also at the apex. Jeez, Rebos versus Rose at the apex. Okay, UFC fight night. This one's at. They, they're trying to fill this card out a little bit more, I think. They have as a, added Vicente Luque versus Yokon Buckley, but it's Blanchfield Firo, in my opinion, number one contender for the 125 belt. Chris Weidman, Bruno Silva, Menafield versus Carlos Olberg. That's a, that's March 30th in, Atlant in Atlantic City. Then you got Vittori versus Brendan Allen's in the Apex. Dude, these Apex cards. And 300, the main event's official, Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira for the light heavyweight title. Three title fights on the well, three title fights, quote unquote. John Wiley, Yan Shan on for the women's strawweight title. The BMF title is up for grabs and a great fight though. Gaethje versus Holloway. You got Oliver Sarukian, uh, Yuri Prohoshka versus Alexander Rockich, Calvin Cater, Aljamain Sterling, Bo Nickel, Cody Brundage, Figueredo, Garbrandt, Holly Holm, Kayla Harrison, Sadiq Yusef, Diego Lopez, Jessica Andrade, Marino Rodriguez, Bobby Green versus Jim Miller. What a card at 300. But yeah, that's what's upcoming for the UFC. Let's get into some NBA position rankings. All right, so top 11 centers currently for me. I know these are going to be very disputed and hated on. I don't care, though. Jokic at one, easily. AD at two. AD is a better all-around player than Embiid. And AD... AD has played unreal this season and still gets hated on for no reason. Embiid is at three. I have one Bonayama at four. Um, he's incredible already. Uh, Sabonis at five. Chet Holmgren at six. Alperin Sangoon at seven. Bam Adebayo at eight. Jaron Jackson Jr. at nine. Kristaps Porzingis at ten. And Jared Allen at 11. My top 11 power forwards currently. Giannis, one, clear. Zion, two. Bancaro, three. Cat four, Markinum five, Julius Randle six, Siakam seven, Scotty Barnes eight, Evan Mobley nine, Jalen Williams ten, Aaron Gordon eleven. Small forwards, LeBron one, Kevin Durant two, Kawhi Leonard three, Jason Tatum four. Yes, Tatum's at four. Come on, let's be honest. Those three guys are still better than Tatum. Uh, Jimmy Butler five, Brandon Ingram six, Brandon Miller seven. Franz Wagner, 8. Mikael Bridges, 9. DeMar DeRozan, 10. MPJ, 11. Shooting guards. Devin Booker, 1. Anthony Edwards, 2. Donovan Mitchell, 3. Paul George, 4. Jalen Brown, 5. Desmond Bain, 6. Zach Levine, 7. Tyler Hero, 8. Bradley Beal, 9 now. Uh, Josh Giddy, 10. And Austin Reeves, 11. Point guards. Luka Doncic, 1. Uh, Steph Curry, 2, SGA, 3, John Morant, 4, Jalen Brunson, 5, De'Aaron Fox, 6, Tyrese Halliburton, 7, Trey Young, 8, Dame Lillard, 9, Kyrie Irving, 10, and Jamal Murray, 11. Those are my position rankings currently in the NBA. Now let's get into how I think the season will finish post-All-Star break. In the East, teams missing the playoffs. Nets, 11, Raptors, 12, Hornets, 13, Wizards, 14, Pistons, 15. Teams that I think will be in the play-in. Pacers 7, Magic 8, Bulls 9, Hawks 10. And then the top 6, Miami at 6, Philly at 5, Knicks at 4, Bucks at 3, Cavs at 2, Celtics at 1. 
In the West, teams missing the playoffs. Rockets at 11. Jazz at 12. Uh, Grizzlies at 13. Blazers at 14. And Spurs at 15. In the play-in, I have the Lakers at 7. Mavs at 8. Kings at 9. Warriors at 10. Insane that two of those teams will miss the playoffs. That's how good the West is. The top six. Pelicans at 6. Suns at 5. Clippers at 4. Thunder at three, Wolves at two, Nuggets at one. If I had to say right now to go to the NBA Finals, I, I want to say the Clippers. It's Clippers Thunder for it's Clippers Nuggets for me right now. I'm gonna lean Nuggets Celtics, but the Clippers are right there. But I'm gonna lean Nuggets Celtics as of right now. 1.0 NBA mock draft. It's mock draft season, man. Always NFL. And you're going to be getting a lot more of NBA. So number one pick, the Pistons takes Alexander Saar. The uh, big man, 7-1 out of France, plays for Perth in Australia. I think he's the number. I think he's right now unanimously the number one prospect, and I think that's who they got to take. Wizards at two. I'm going Nikola Topic, point guard. He's 6'6 six, six out of Serbia, plays for Red Star. Um, Wizards need anything that can get them better, and I think a good point guard like him would help a lot. Spurs at three. I'm going Cody Williams, the 6'8 small forward out of Colorado. He's had a tremendous season. At four, the Hornets. I'm going the 6'5 shooting guard out of Baylor, Jacoby Walter, to pair next to LaMelo. Blazers at five, Zachariah Rashar, 6'9 small forward out of France. Blazers at six, first G League guy here, Matt Buzela, 6'11 small forward out of the G League night. I think his potential is so high. Spurs with their second pick, two in the top seven. This time going to point guard uh, at a USC, 6'4", Isaiah Collier uh, to the Spurs at 7. That's via the Raptors, sorry. Rockets at 8 via the Nets. I'm going Ron Holland, the Ford, out of G League Ignite. Hawks at 9. I'm going the 7-foot center out of Duke, Kyle Filipowski. Thunder via the Rockets at 10. Take Reed Shepard, the point guard out of Kentucky. And the Thunder again at 11 via the Jazz. Take Donovan Klingon, the 7-2 center out of UConn. They do. I love Chet, but they need some depth behind him at center. Uh, Bulls at twelve takes Stephon Castle, the six six guard out of UConn. You know, with possibly Levine being traded, and uh, you know Lonzo Health obviously is in the in the bin. I think Castle's a great pick. Blazers via the Warriors at thirteen. Dalton Connect, small forward out of Tennessee. Pelicans via the Lakers. Rob Dillingham, the point guard out of Kentucky. Pel oh, Heat at fifteen. Uh, six six shooting guard out of Kansas, Kevin McCuller. Uh, Raptors via the Pacers take Yves Misi, the six ten center out of Baylor. Magic at seventeen take DJ Wagner, the point guard out of Kentucky. Knicks via Dallas at eighteen take Tijan Sulan, six uh, nine small forward out of France. A lot of French guys coming into this league. Uh, Hawks via the Kings. They took Filipowski earlier. They take Tyler Smith, the Ford, out of the G League Ignite. 20, the Suns take Justin Edwards, the 6'7", uh, small Ford out of Kentucky. At 21, the Pelicans with their second pick. They took Dillingham. Now they're going to take Tristan De Silva, the Ford, out of Colorado. 22, the Sixers take Khalil Ware, the 7-foot center out of Indiana. Just get a backup behind, nice backup behind Embiid, you know, with some high, with some high upside. Uh, 23, the Knicks take Tyrese Proctor, the guard out of Duke. 24, Bucks take Ryan Dunn, the small forward out of Virginia. Nuggets at 25 take Trey Alexander out of Creighton. Again, I think a guy that kind of, in a way, kind of plays like Jamal Murray and a good backup for Jamal. 
Uh, 26, the Thunder via the Clippers take Ulrich Chomcha, the power forward center out of Cameroon. Uh, high upside, real raw talent, but I think that's a th- guy the Thunder can can uh, can risk, you know, put him in the G League for a year. Cavs at 27 take Tyler Kolick, the point guard out of Marquette. Jazz via the Thunder at 28 take uh, Von Mir Ivisic, I think, the center, 7-2 center out of Kentucky. Uh, 29, the Wolves take uh, Ajay Mitchell, the 6'5 guard out of Santa, UC Santa Barbara. And at 30, the Celtics take Aaron Bradshaw, the 7-foot center out of Kentucky. All right, so my power 15, or my 15.0 power 16 college basketball rankings. One, UConn, unanimous number one. They are by far the best team in the country, and they might walk to a second national title. Two, Houston. Three, Purdue. Did drop them after... Didn't want to drop them far, but that was a bad loss to Ohio State. Arizona at four. Tennessee at five. North Carolina at six. Duke at seven. Iowa State at eight. Kansas at nine. Marquette ten. That is my top ten. 11 through 16. Baylor at 11. Illinois at 12. Auburn at 13. Alabama 14. Creighton 15. And Dayton 16. Next five out. Kentucky, Virginia, Texas Tech, South Carolina, and St. Mary's. All right, Fever's me game pick. So my overall record throughout the entire season, because me and Fee obviously started this late, eighty-seven and thirty-seven against Fee. Though I'm thirty-eight and twenty-five. He's forty-five and eighteen. Seven games above me. He went eleven and one last week. I went eight and four. So here are the games of the week tonight, Monday, February nineteenth. Iowa State at Houston. We're both taking Houston. Tuesday, February twentieth, UConn at Creighton. We're both taking UConn. Baylor at BYU. I'm taking Baylor. He's taking BYU. Saturday, February 24th. Houston at Baylor. He's taking Baylor. I'm taking Houston. Duke at Wake. I'm taking Wake. He's taking Duke. BYU at Kansas State. He's taking Kansas State. I'm taking BYU. South Carolina at Ole Miss. We're both taking Ole Miss. Alabama at Kentucky. We're both taking Kentucky. North Carolina at Virginia. He's going Virginia. I'm going North Carolina. Texas at KU, we're both going KU. Sunday, February 25th, Creighton at St. John's, we're both taking Creighton. And FAU at Memphis, he's taking Memphis, I'm taking FAU. All right, here we go. Two-round mock draft. I'm going to get a drink, then we're going to get into this. And then at the end, we'll recap uh, KB and the boys. Um, from last week. I don't think it was a good week for the boys, but here we go. Round one. Um, so a, a pre-draft trade. Bears get pick 20. The Steelers get Justin Fields and a 2025 second rounder. So the Bears will take Caleb Williams, quarterback at a USC. Again, generational talent for me. Number one overall prospect. They're going to move on from Fields, reset that quarterback clock, and I think Williams upside too much to pass on. Redskins at two take Drake May, quarterback out of North Carolina. They need a quarterback, and Drake May, in my opinion, is by far the second-best prospect right now. I like Jaden Daniels, not as much as Drake May. Just reviewing more and more tape, I just really like Drake May a lot more than Daniels. Patriots. I'm going to go with the Patriots here, signing a veteran quarterback, and they're going to draft Marvin Harrison Jr., the wide receiver out of Ohio State, actually. Um, Again, my number one receiver, easily. Some people have it tighter. That's okay. Everyone's everyone has their own opinion. I respect that, but I think Marvin's by far the best. Here's where a trade happens. Falcons get pick four. 
The Cardinals get pick eight, pick 40, and a 2025 first. The Falcons now at four take Jaden Daniels, quarterback out of LSU. They need a quarterback. They see that, you know, the Patriots end up drafting Marvin. They trade up. Chargers at five go Joe Alt, the offensive tackle out of Notre Dame. Kind of flipped it here. I think Alt and Fashano are really close. Um, so that's that. Giants at six. I'm going Brock Bowers, the tight end out of Georgia. I know they have Darren Waller, but he's injury he's injury pro injury problems. And, you know, you can play Brock Bowers anywhere. And you can also play Darren Waller at receiver as well. Titans at seven. I'm going Malik Neighbors out of LSU, the wide receiver. Cardinals at eight after the trade down take Roma Dunze, the wide receiver out of Washington. Bears at nine. No, a lot of people could say, hey, take take you know, take a receiver. I like the edge here. My uh, number one overall defensive player, Dallas Turner, the edge out of Alabama. Ten, the Jets go Olu Fashanu, offensive tackle out of Penn State. Got to protect Rodgers. And uh, again, I don't love this pick, but I'm I'm doing I, I when it gets closer to draft, I do my mock drafts not just off what I like, but also what I'm hearing. Vikings at eleven. A lot of rumblings about quarterback and a lot of rumblings about J.J. McCarthy, the quarterback out of Michigan. Don't love it, but that's what I'm hearing. And Broncos at 12, Bo Nix, quarterback out of Oregon. So five quarterbacks in the top 12. Uh, Raiders at 13 could have been a quarterback play, but I don't think they reach on, you know, Penix here at 13. So I'm going to go Terry on Arnold, the quarterback out of Alabama, the best cornerback for me in the class. And then a trade up here. Um... The Bengals trade up to pick 14. They trade pick 18 and pick 50 to get Brian Thomas Jr., the wide receiver out of LSU. Colts at 15, Jared Versailles, the edge out of Florida State. Another trade, the Cowboys trade get pick 16. The Seahawks get pick 24, a third this year, and then a third in 2025 and a fifth in 2025. Cowboys will then take J.C. Latham, the offensive tackle out of Alabama. Eagles at 17, they trade up. They get pick 17. The Jaguars get pick 22 in a 2025 second. They trade up for Cooper DeGene, the defensive back out of Iowa. Saints at 18. They take Latu Latu, the edge out of UCLA. Rams at 19. Nate Wiggins, cornerback out of Clemson. Bears via the Justin Fields trade. They do take a receiver. Troy Franklin, the wide receiver out of Oregon. Dolphins at 21 take Troy Fatanu, the offensive lineman out of Washington, one of my favorite players in this draft. Uh, Jaguars at 22 via the Eagles, the trade down, take Keon Coleman, the wide receiver out of Florida State. Texans at 23 take Jerzon Newton, the interior D lineman out of Illinois. The Seahawks at 24, moving down from the Cowboys trade, take Chop Robinson, the edge out of Penn State. Packers at 25 take Talese Fuaga, the offensive tackle out of Oregon State. The Buccaneers at 26 take Quinion Mitchell, the corner out of Toledo. Cardinals with their second first-round pick take Braylon Trice, the edge out of Washington. Uh, the Bills at 28 take Byron Murphy, the interior D lineman out of Texas. The Lions at 29 take Kool-Aid McKinstry, the corner out of Alabama. The Lion, the Ravens at 30 take Jalen Polk, the wide receiver out of Washington. Again, a guy I love in this draft. 31, the 49ers take Tyler Guyton, the offensive tackle out of OU. And to end the first round, your defending world champions, two-time defending world champions, Kansas City Chiefs, take Adonai Mitchell, wide receiver out of Texas. Okay, the second round. Panthers started off at 33. They take Xavier Worthy, the wide receiver out of Texas, so two Texas guys back-to-back. Redskins at 34, got Drake May. Now you draft them a tackle, Amarius Mims out of Georgia. Patriots at 35, take Landon Jackson, the edge out of Arkansas. 
Cardinals at 36 with their three picks in the top 36. Actually, they have four picks in the top 40. They're going to go uh, Ennis uh, Rackshaw Jr., cornerback uh, out of Mizzou. Chargers at 37 take Tavondre Sweat, the interior D lineman out of Texas. Giants at 38 take Graham Barton, the offensive lineman out of Duke. 39, the Titans go Kalen King, the corner out of Penn State. Cardinals go defensive line again after taking uh, um, uh, Trice in round one. They're going to go Michael Hall Jr., the interior D lineman out of Ohio State. Redskins at 41 take Edwin Cooper, the interior linebacker out of A&M. Packers at 42 via the Jets take Cameron Kinchins, the safety out of Miami. Vikings at 43 take Chris Abrams-Drain, the cornerback out of Mizzou. The Saints via the Broncos at 44 take Xavier Leggett, the wide receiver out of South Carolina. And the Raiders at 45 take Michael Penix Jr., quarterback out of Washington. Eagles at 46 via the Saints take Kingsley Suamontia, the offensive tackle out of BYU. Got to get younger on the O-line. Colts at 47 take Devontae Walker, wide receiver out of North Carolina. Uh, Giants at 48 via the Seahawks take Cooper Beebe, the offensive guard out of Kansas State. Jaguars at 49 take Tyler Newbin, the safety out of Minnesota. Saints via that Bengals trade take Adisa Izak, the edge out of Penn State. Um, I think that, you know, call me crazy, but I love those two edge picks. I know it's double dipping, but I really like those edge picks. Um for the Saints. Uh, Rams at 51 take Jackson Powers Johnson, the center out of Oregon. The Steelers at 52 take Jordan Morgan, offensive tackle Arizona. The Dolphins at 53 take Chris Jenkins, the interior D lineman out of Michigan. The Eagles at 54 take Jalen McMillan, the other Washington wide receiver. At 55, the Browns with their first pick take Leonard Taylor, the interior D lineman out of Miami. Cowboys at 56 take Kamari Lassiter, the corner out of Georgia. Packers at 57 take the first running back off the board, Jonathan Brooks, running back out of Texas. Buccaneers take Jonah Ellis, the edge out of Utah. And then I have the Texans actually taking a running back. Uh, I know you, people are saying they have Singletary, you know, they have Damian Pierce. I just think this guy in this offense with, you know, helping out in the receiving game, Bucky Irving, the running back out of Oregon to the Texans. Uh, Bills at 60 take Lab McConkey, wide receiver out of Georgia. At 61, the Lions take Mason Smith. Interior D lineman LSU. Ravens at 62 take Josh Newton, cornerback out of TCU. 49ers take uh, Princely Umanalan, edge out of Florida. Uh, again, I think they're not going to be able to re sign all their D linemen. And then the Chiefs at 64 to end the second round take Rook Orokoro, uh, interior D lineman out of Clemson. So that is my 15.0 mock draft. Um, yeah, what a weekend it was, though. UFC was tremendous. Um, KB and the boys, only two of us went positive, and barely. Me and Colby. Colby went plus 0.59. I went plus 0.47. Uh, Schmidt minus 0.64. Nick minus 3.18. Carter minus 7. Rough week for him. So Colby's at the top again, uh, or back at the top. Schmidt in second. I'm in third. Nick in fourth. Carter in fifth. Panel parlay went to 1-5. Um, games of the week, I still sit at the top at 15-9. Colby, Zach, and Carter at 12-12. and Nick at 11-13. and So, yeah, those are the standings. That was KB and the boys this past week. Um, again, a good fight card coming up um, this weekend. Good fight night. Um, what else we got coming up? I mean, just a full week of college basketball. NBA gets back going Thursday. Obviously, we'll see more NBA talk 
uh, as we go on, just because, you know, NFL's over, obviously college football's over. It's going to be a lot of UFC, college basketball, and NBA heading out. Um, but, you know, obviously you can't get enough of college basketball and UFC. But, yeah, uh, I think that'll be it for this week's episode of Unedited. And we'll be back next Monday, uh, Sunday, Monday, um, with episode 126. And we'll be back Friday night. I believe it'll be Friday night or Saturday morning with KB and the boys. Thank you guys for listening. Peace.